You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. Well, it's a busy news day, a very tragic news day. We have a shooting of a 24-year-old female reporter in Virginia and a 27-year-old cameraman, and they were both just gunned down while they were doing a, a live broadcast early this morning, and they were interviewing somebody with the Chamber of Commerce in a small uh, Virginia city, and she was also shot, although she's apparently going to survive. And then the gunman takes off and sends out a 23-page manifesto to ABC News uh, detailing why he's doing all this, and basically he's doing it because he is a gay black racist who hates white people. And is that going to be the way this is reported? No. There's going to be a gun issue. They're going to say, well, if he hadn't been able to buy this gun after the Charleston, South Carolina shooting, which is one of the, you know, the things he used as a support of him doing this, but he also cites Columbine, he also cites the West Virginia shooting, the University of West Virginia shootings. But this is going to be treated as a situation where they're going to say, well, he shouldn't have been allowed to buy a gun. We have to have more control, more gun registration, more of everything, you know, that we want to have. And we're going to, they're going to get it and take it from us. I mean, this is a tragic situation. My thoughts and prayers go out to the families here. They were innocent. They had done nothing to this man. He had apparently gone out and filed. He'd been, he worked at TV stations around the country. And apparently, hard to get along with, hard to work with. He had been fired from virtually every TV station, including the one that these two folks work for. He had filed suits against the TV stations for racism. He filed EEOC complaints, uh, none of which had been successful. There was no racism involved on the part of the people at the stations. It was all from him. He obviously hated whites. He targeted whites. Is this going to be a situation where the President of the United States goes to these people and, and his White House representatives attend their funeral? Or is he going to attend their funeral like he did the, uh, the people who were killed in Charleston? No, not going to happen. He doesn't care. All he cares about is using this to push his gun control agenda. And that's basically all he cared about in Charleston, too. He didn't care about those people as individuals. They were individual Americans, regardless of their race. They did not deserve to be executed by some lunatic. And obviously that's what Roof was, the lunatic, Roof just like this guy that committed these crimes this morning. He's crazy. But even though he was crazy, he still bought a gun. But they're too busy right now putting veterans on the list of people that are mentally ill to the point of being a danger to themselves or others. They're too busy putting veterans on that list and now Social Security recipients on that list to really look at the people out there who may belong on that list. And that's people like this guy. 
Bryce Williams or whatever his name is. That's his, his screen name. And, uh, you know, he belonged on this list. He had a history of, of being nuts. But he wasn't going to be a threat to Obama. He wasn't going to be a threat to a dictatorship. He was just a threat to white people. And those aren't on Obama's radar. What's on Obama's radar is disarming the 23 million veterans in this country who took an oath of office. Same one I took, same one David took, same one my sons took and my dad took to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We believe in that oath. We're going to defend that oath. We're going to defend our country. We owe our allegiance to our country, to our Constitution, and to the American people, not to Barack Hussein Obama, not to Nancy Pelosi, not to Harry Reid. But they don't care about us. They don't care about the American people. They don't care about us as a country. They want to impose their will on us, and the first step, just like it was the first one of the first steps for Adolf Hitler, one of the first steps for Joseph Stalin, and uh, for Lenin, for Miles C. Tung, and for Fidel Castro, is to disarm the population, <clears throat> to make sure we cannot defend ourselves. Think about the Constitution, specifically the Second Amendment to the Constitution. Why was that put in to the Constitution? It wasn't as the liberals and progressives claimed it was there for to protect people's right to hunt. It ain't about duck hunting. The people in the cities didn't hunt for their food. The people in the rural parts of the country did. But it protected the right to keep and bear arms of everyone, every American. Why? Because let's face it, they were launching a rather crazy experiment. They were building a new country based on a constitution, something that had never been tried before, based on a bill of rights, based on a balance of powers, something that had never been done. They didn't know if it was going to work. Our founding fathers wanted it to work. They hoped it would work, and it has worked for several hundred years, but they didn't know. What they were afraid of is what, exactly what is happening now. And that is that a group of people or an individual would take control, basically ignore the Constitution, abolish it, and begin destroying our constitutional republic and our free market economy. And they wanted the American people to be in a position to take up arms to defend their country against their own government if necessary. Let's face it, the Declaration of Independence, by its very wording, gives us the right, in fact, it gives us the right and the obligation, that if our government starts drifting away from protecting individual liberties, from protecting our lives, our pursuit of happiness, our liberty, our lives, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That's what it's about. And it specifically says if a government ceases to protect these interests, then the people have a right to abolish or alter that government. And that's what Obama's afraid of. 
That's what the left news media is afraid of. They're afraid of you and I. They're afraid of us stepping forward with weapon in hand and saying, no, you've done enough. You're not going to take away any more of my religious freedom. You're not going to take away my freedom of speech. You're not going to take away my right to due process of law. You're not going to destroy our Constitution, destroy our balance of powers. Although, I'm not sure we have a balance of powers. With the leadership we've got in the Congress right now, they, they let Obama do whatever he wants to do. And so the Supreme Court seems to be doing the same thing. But the Second Amendment provides us the ability to step forward and to defend our homes against invasion by the government, to defend our families from being arrested by the government, to defend ourselves from losing our freedoms. That's what it's all about. That's what the Second Amendment is for. And under the Declaration of Independence, it gives us the right to do that. It's not subversive. It's not sedition. That is protecting our rights and doing what we need to do. But what's happening? Well, we know there's going to be more gun control call from call for after this incident this morning. And we've already talked extensively on this program about the attack on the veterans. And I've also talked about the fact that about six months ago, I began seeing stuff coming out of Washington that set up red flags for me that the next target was going to be senior citizens, Social Security recipients, that they were going to be red flagged by the government to have their guns taken away and to be put on the next list, the National Instant Criminal Background Checklist run by the FBI. And lo and behold, about a month ago, the Los Angeles Times, not exactly a bastion of conservative thought, ran an article which said exactly that, confirmed what I was saying, that they were going to come after Social Security recipients. And then it talked about how successful the techniques were against the veterans. And people to this day, even in some of the veterans' organizations' leadership, are still denying that this is happening. I mean, how scary is that? The Los Angeles Times confirms it's happening, confirms it's been happening for years, just like we have been saying. And you got still got members of Congress with their heads stuck in the sand and heads of veterans' organizations. The NRA, which I'm a lifetime member of, used to be a referral attorney for, they finally took their head out of the sand partially and launched a fundraising effort to block the Social Security uh, confiscation of guns, but still haven't come out and said anything about the veterans. But they're going to go after Social Security recipients, and they're going to use the same criteria they're using against the veterans. And that is, if you have ever had PTSD, and see what they're going to do is they're going to take your medical records, and they're going to review your private medical records, HHS has passed new rules based on an Obama executive order that HIPAA, the HIPAA laws, which protect your privacy and medical records, no longer apply. That if you've ever had been depressed, even if you weren't treated for it, if you've ever had PTSD, if you've ever taken medication for ADHD, for ADD, or certain other types of medication, then they're going to turn your medical records over to the FBI, and you will automatically be put on the list, Nick's list, 
in the category of being adjudicated to be mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others. Now, as with the veterans, there's no adjudication involved. You don't get a hearing. You don't get any due process. If you send a letter telling you they're going to do this, they give you a certain number of days in which to prove that you're competent to handle your own financial affairs. But they may declare you incompetent to handle your own financial affairs for reasons that have nothing to do with medical. Veterans are being declared incompetent because they let their spouses pay the family bills. They're being declared incompetent because they have their bills paid automatically from their checking accounts by the banks. I've got this in writing. I'm not making this up. I'm representing some, we're representing some people at the United States Justice Foundation right now who have had this happen to them for that reason. And they've been given that reason in writing. The Social Security Administration, well, let's take our first break and then we'll talk more about that. The United States Justice Foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. What's happening with the Social Security Administration is a mirror image of what's happening with the veterans. But specifically, the Social Security Administration has admitted in a letter to Congress because some members of the House of Representatives wrote to the Social Security Administration when this story broke about the uh, putting people in the next list and uh, said, oh, well, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to review cases on an individual basis. Not everyone who has a third-party payee will be on the list, but that's a criteria. Because if you have a third-party payee, if you have somebody who gets your check and pays your bills, then you are probably incompetent to handle your own financial affairs and therefore are mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others, etc., 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 and must be disarmed. And they said, we're not going to do it to everybody. Well, that's what they were telling the veterans. That's what they're still telling the veterans. What's a third-party payee? Well, 
if your Social Security is directly deposited into your bank, is the bank a third-party payee? The federal government will probably say yes. But for sure they'll say yes if it's put into a joint account. If you or your spouse are on that account and your check is going into that account, then there's a third-party payee there, particularly if your spouse pays the family bills. If one of your children is on there, then that's a third-party payee. That is going to be the trigger for them sending you the letter. And I'm assuming they're going to do actually send out the letter. Uh, there are a lot of veterans who have found out to much to their chagrin that uh, they have never received a letter at all from the VA, yet when they go to purchase a firearm, they find out they can't because they're on the next list. And they're on the next list for being mentally ill. In fact, uh, Senator Charles Grassley's Senate Judiciary Committee, which we're working with on this issue, found out the uh, of them are veterans. No wonder this guy that went on the Kelly screen this morning is not on the list. He's not a veteran. They're only after the veterans. They don't care about the rest of the real crazies out there who might go out and kill people. They care about the people who will defend this country against the federal government, against the government takeover. That's what they care about. And that's what we're dealing with here. But they're going to send out these letters to Social Security recipients. And it could be regular Social Security. It could be SSI. And they will tell the Social Security recipient, we are considering declaring you incompetent to handle your own financial affairs because of your mental or physical disabilities. And we are going to appoint a fiduciary to represent you. You have 60 days in which to prove that you are competent. We have no obligation under the Constitution, even though the Fifth Amendment specifically says so. We have no obligation as a government to prove anything. You have to prove you're innocent. And if we declare you incompetent, you can no longer own, purchase, possess, or transport firearms or ammunition. If you do, you're guilty of a felon under the Brady Act. That's what the veterans are getting in the mail. We're assisting veterans, and when I say we, I'm talking about the United States Justice Foundation. We're assisting veterans all over the country. We are providing them with information about how to fight this. We're helping them prepare letters of appeal. We're trying to raise the money to file a major lawsuit class action lawsuit against the VA because well, it's not just the VA. Through our Freedom of Information Act request, we have uncovered information about the VA, the FBI, recently BATF, Department of Homeland Security, all in collusion on this. Now we have the Social Security Administration and the IRS and the Department of Defense. All of these are federal agencies that are going to be actively involved in taking away your right to keep and bear arms, your right to defend yourself and to defend our country. I'm talking active involvement. So 
you're going to get these letters, and we're trying to sue the VA, we're trying to fight for our veterans, and we're, we're winning some of them. And we certainly have won our suit against the VA when they tried to keep us from getting information on the Freedom of Information Act request that we, we sent them. Ultimately, that information, by the way, was a one of the things we got was a memorandum between the FBI, memorandum of agreement between the FBI and the VA, where the FBI essentially said, any name you send us to be put on the next list as mentally defective, we will do so. No questions asked. No due process, no adjudication. Doesn't matter if the person has ever seen a psychologist or psychologist, they've ever been diagnosed as being depressed. It didn't matter. You send us the names, we put them on the list. To heck with due process. Uh, to heck with the Fourth Amendment. Send us the medical records, and they go on the list. And that's the way it works. Well, guess what? That's going to be the way it works for Social Security recipients. You're not going to get any due process. You're going to be put on the list. And then they're going to tell, start telling you that you cannot own firearms, that you have to turn in any firearms that you own. That's already happening to the veterans. Something else that's happening to the veterans is they are being told, if you appeal this decision, we will suspend the payment of your benefits during the course of your appeal. Now, appeals used to take a few months. Now the appeals are taking two to three years. Some veterans haven't heard back from the VA in years. It's like trying to get a medical appointment with the VA. It doesn't happen. So we have veterans being treated like this, and now the senior citizens are going to be treated like this. They're going to threaten to suspend your benefits. That means no Social Security check. If you're living on that, or at least partially living on that, that's devastating to you. That takes away, that's extortion. That takes away your right to exercise your constitutional rights. But it gets worse. Another thing they're doing to the veterans is not really to the veterans themselves, but to their families. They're contacting members of the families and saying, since you live with a veteran who has been declared incompetent to handle his or her own financial affairs, you can no longer own firearms either. And we're going to put you on the next list. Under the class of being mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others, not because you've been declared mentally ill, not because there's been adjudication, not because you've seen a psychiatrist. It's just going to be, we're going to put you on the list and declare ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others simply because you live with a veteran or now if you live with a Social Security recipient, you're going to lose your rights. This is not something I'm making up. It's happening. It's happening on a daily basis. We are basically being crushed by the federal government. We have to look out for ourselves here. And we have to do it by fighting this every step of the way. Now, we're representing veterans and their families at no charge. 
And we will do the same for anybody out there who is a Social Security recipient and starts receiving these letters, starts getting harassed. We won't charge them anything, but we do need people to help us out here because we can't continue doing this for free without being able to support our organization. And we're a small organization. We don't have a big staff. We don't have a high-paid staff. I'm probably one of the lowest-paid executive directors of any organization in the country. But I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it to protect our freedoms. So go to usjf.net and donate. You can find out how to donate through the mail or online. And every, every donation helps. If you want to donate a large sum of money to help us out, you can designate it specifically for the Second Amendment cases working on, or other cases. Just contact me, and if you're a veteran or family member of a veteran, and this is happening to you, or if you're on Social Security and this is happening to you, contact me at michael at usjfmail.net. Michael at usjfmail.net. And I will be glad to talk to you. We'll be glad to try to assist you if we can. And we'll work with you to try to protect your Second Amendment rights. Here's something else that's happening now. And this I want to give out as a warning to my fellow veterans. I posted this on my blog just last night. And people need to to go and look at it. Well, actually, it was the night before last. The... There's a questionnaire being sent out by the VA, and one of the veterans who follows my blog sent me a copy of this, and I confirmed it as actually coming from the VA, but he had gotten this in the mail. I looked at the VA website, and I looked on the website that had posted it and found out this is true. What they're doing is they're sending out to veterans a questionnaire to get them to join something called a Million Veteran Project. Now, this is supposedly to take your medical information and your genetic information and see if some of your medical problems are a result of genetic problems. Now, this is something that's new. You know, this is just starting to happen now. (laughs) Excuse me. And uh, I looked at this questionnaire, and the questionnaire asked a number of personal questions. It asked about your family, it asked your marital status, and it asked about your income, uh, which is questionable on, on its own. Why do they need to know your income to do a genetic study about you? But it also asked questions about your cognitive abilities, about whether or not you've ever been depressed, about your emotional and mental state, you ever taken certain medications, all of which are triggers all of which I recognize. They're all the triggers they're using right now to declare veterans incompetent. So these veterans are getting this, and they're saying, oh, fill this out. Everything will be confidential. If you're a veteran and you get this, look at it very carefully because I don't think it's going to be confidential. I think they're using this to go after other veterans. They're going to broaden their effort 
to take away the Second Amendment rights of veterans. So I think you better take a very careful look at this. And I, I would, I, if I get one, I'm not going to fill it out. There's no way I'm going to join this. There's no way I'm going to provide them with that information. But we'll talk some more after this break. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So basically the so-called MVP program, as I see it, is just another way to attack the Second Amendment rights of veterans. They may very well, if they're successful in getting a bunch of people involved in this, unsuspecting veterans, then they're going to do the same thing as Social Security recipients. I mean, let's face it, they're doing everything they can to try to disarm us. But it gets worse. Right now, as we speak, there is a meeting going on in Mexico with representatives of the Obama administration, meeting with representatives of Mexico and numerous other countries from around the world to discuss the ways to implement and enforce the United Nations Small Arms Treaty. The United Nations Small Arms Treaty has been signed by John Kerry on behalf of Obama. It is required that before any treaty, whether signed by the president or signed by his representative, before any treaty can be enforced, it must be submitted to the United States Senate to be ratified by two-thirds majority of the Senate. This is in the Constitution. This is a requirement, and this is a treaty. They're not calling this as an executive agreement, because it says it's a treaty. 
That's the title, United Nations Small Arms Treaty. It was signed months ago. Yet Obama has never submitted it to the United States Senate because he knows it will not be ratified. So what's he doing? He's setting up provisions to enforce it anyway. What's the White House justification for this? Well, guess what, folks? The justification is that you and I are stupid, that we're too dumb to realize what the Constitution really says. Only the anointed one, only the great one, only Obama actually understands the Constitution and what the founding fathers meant. You and I don't know anything. I'm a constitutional lawyer, but I don't know anything. I'm a veteran. I don't know anything. None, nobody in the United States of America knows what Obama knows. So the White House is telling us that Obama can enforce the treaty under the Constitution, because the Constitution doesn't really mean that he is to submit a treaty for ratification in the United States Senate before he can enforce it. It, the Constitution really means that he can enforce it, and then two-thirds of the United States Senate have to come in and block him from enforcing it. That's just bizarre. That's insane. Read the Constitution. Order a copy of my booklet, my, Our Constitution. You can go to www.constitution.jigsy.com and order a copy there. Or you can order, if it's like $6, you can order copies through my website and blog at Michael Connolly, C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y.jigsy.com, and read that part of the Constitution. Because what I do is I take each article, each section, each amendment of the Constitution, I put them in there the way they were originally written, and then I put in my comments about what they really mean. And I talk in that booklet about the what that part of the Constitution means, that treaties must be ratified by a two-thirds majority of the Senate. It's as simple as that. That's what it says. That's what it means. That's the way it's been interpreted ever since it was written. Yet Obama and the White House are saying, well, we know better than that. So we're going to enforce the Small Arms Treaty. Now, what's in the Small Arms Treaty? Well, I read this thing when it was originally proposed, and I came out then and I said, this is extremely dangerous. It's primarily directed at the citizens of the United States of America. I read the final version of the treaty that was passed. Basically, they say it is to keep weapons out of the hands of criminals and terrorists. And in order to do that, they are going to prohibit the transfer of certain weapons from one country to another, or even prohibit transfer of weapons within that country. Now, how are they going to do that? There's only one way. Register all firearms. Everybody who owns a firearm will have to be registered, not just with their own governments, but with the United Nations. In order to implement this treaty, they have to put in a national registration system in this country, something that Obama has never been able to do in Congress or any of the liberals who have ever been able to get through Congress. So they're making an end run. They're going to use the United Nations to do it. And then your information, you will be required to register all of your firearms 
with the federal government, which will in turn turn that information over to a committee in the United Nations. Now, we know how the United Nations is set up. I mean, their Human Rights Committee is made up of governments of Syria, places like Syria and Iran. We know the United Nations wants us to be disarmed also, the American citizens. Because let's face it, we're a danger to our own government and its successes. We're certainly going to be a danger to the United Nations and its successes. But that's not the way they want to play the game. They don't want us to be a free people. They want us to be disarmed. They want our rights to be taken away. And that's what is happening right now in Mexico. So our Second Amendment is under attack by the news media, by state governments like California and Maryland and New Jersey and New York, where they are going after the veterans in particular there, too. Our Second Amendment rights are under attack by the our own government agencies. The VA, which is supposed to be taking care of our veterans, not harassing them, not putting them on the defensive. BATF, the FBI, the Department of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, Social Security Administration, all are after our veterans. And now they're going to be coming after Social Security recipients. Take all of that and then pile on top the United Nations getting your information. And by the way, you know, when you go and you purchase a firearm legally, you fill out that form, and one of the things it asks you is if you've been adjudicated to be mentally defective to the point of being endangered yourself or others. Well, some veterans are checking or not checking that block, saying they have been, because they didn't know they had been. Nobody told them they had been. They'd never been to a psychiatrist or a psychologist. They'd never been declared mentally ill. But now they're being threatened with prosecution because they didn't admit to something they didn't even know about. That's another one of the little catch-22s that the government's built in things right now. But pile on top the United Nations. We're told when we fill out that old form to purchase a firearm that it has to be destroyed within 72 hours, that no record of it is being kept, no record of our firearm ownership is being kept. Bull. I think that when Obama took office, maybe before that, the FBI started keeping a record of all of the firearms ownership. So they already know about a lot of us and what we own. And they're going to turn that over to the United Nations. Who in the United Nations? We don't even know. That's what they're setting up. They're setting up this new system to control firearm ownership in the world specifically in the United States. And make no mistake about it, the, the target here has been the U.S. citizens from the get-go. And that's why Obama was in such a hurry to get this treaty drawn up and to sign it and to put it into law and to ignore the Constitution of the United States so we can put it into law. And he's being allowed to do it. I mean, the United States, somebody in the United States Senate ought to take the treaty, submit it to the Senate for ratification as required by law, 
because I don't know of anything that says the president specifically has to submit it. It's a treaty that's been signed by a representative of the United States government. Surely they have copies of the treaty. I've seen a copy of the treaty. Some United States senator ought to step forward and go ahead and submit that for a vote and have the Senate vote it down. And then that would open the door for litigation to stop it. But I don't know that we got a senator out there who'll do that. We've been begging to get senators involved in fighting this Iranian deal. Because our agreement with Iran is a treaty. No question about it. It is a treaty. It is being treated as an executive agreement. And extraordinarily bad things are happening with it. And we're going to get more into that in our last segment today. But back to the gun control issue. We need to step forward. And we are stepping forward at the United States Justice Foundation. We are looking into representing or assisting somebody who does step forward to file suit when they start trying to enforce the U.N. Small Arms Treaty, because they're going to enforce it. I mean, that's what this is all about. So we need to step up to the plate and go after the Obama administration. Go to usjf.net. Send us a donation, or you can contact me through usjf.net. If you are a veteran, if you're a Social Security recipient, if you're being denied your Second Amendment rights by a government agency, email me at michael at usjfmail.net. Your information will be kept confidential unless you agree to uh, have us release it to the press or something like that. We will never do that without your permission. Your information will be kept confidential. We will represent you or advise you. We will help you prepare the appeals. If you need to appeal from something that the government has made a ruling on. And we'll do all this at no charge to you. So again, Michael at USJFmail.net. And if you belong to an organization. It can be a Rotary Club, a Lions Club, a Veterans Organization, a gun organization, a Tea Party group, a conservative group of any kind, a Republican group. I'm available to come speak to you. I've been doing this all over Texas and other parts of the country, telling people about what's happening, because people do not realize what's happening to the veterans, now the Social Security recipients, and what's going to start happening to everybody before long under the United Nations Small Arms Treaty. You need to help me get the word out. You can forward on my blog information, articles I've written. Go to Michael Connolly, C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y dot Jigsy, J-I-G-S-Y dot com. Let's take our final break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. 
support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. I've got a new program starting here June 12th at 11 a.m. It's called The Prologue, and we'll be introducing you to other writers you may not have heard of yet. Join us, won't you, starting June 12th, 11 a.m. here on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You know, it's incredible to me that we have such brave Americans as the three, actually four, who thwarted the attack, terrorist attack on the French train. And, of course, there was a guy from Great Britain there who was also awarded the uh, Legion of Honor by the French government. And these people are being praised. They've been awarded these, these medals, the highest honor the French government can give. The highest honor the French government can give has now been awarded to these people. Yet we have five members of the United States military, four Marines and one sailor who were killed in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and they have not been awarded Purple Hearts by the U.S. government. Why? Because it's a requirement that it be labeled as a terrorist attack. Now, this was a Muslim who was known to have been radicalized, who attacked the recruiting stations in the reserve center, and yet the FBI says, we don't know he was a terrorist because we don't know that he was connected to a terrorist organization. Since when do you have to be directly connected to a terrorist organization to be a terrorist? They labeled the shootings in Charleston at the church as an act of domestic terrorism, and it was. Doesn't matter if this guy was in the Ku Klux Klan or some other radical group. It was a terrorist act. The terrorist act in Chattanooga occurred, and nothing. If these men were given Purple Hearts posthumously, their families would be able to collect extra benefits which probably some of them desperately need, because these were young men for the most part, the young families. Obama won't let it happen. It took years for the people that were the service members who were killed and wounded at Fort Hood by the rogue 
Muslim army major who was shouting Allah Akbar as he shot down his fellow soldiers who clearly committed an act of terrorism. Obama wanted to call it workplace violence. So it took years before Congress finally got around to giving them the benefits. Yet, ladies and gentlemen, the nine people, the families of the nine people who were killed in Charleston at the church have received a total of $29 million from a so-called special fund to compensate the victims of shooting violence in this country. So what's the difference between the families of the four Marines and the sailor who were killed in Chattanooga and the families of the nine people who were killed in Charleston. The difference is the nine families of the nine people who were killed in Charleston is black. Now, I can hear some of the crazies out there going, oh, you're being a racist, you're being racist. No, I'm not being racist. The government is being racist. These people killed the Chattanooga, the families are white. People killed in Charleston, the families are black. Fact. Also a fact, the families of the people in Charleston are getting millions of dollars from the government. The families of the people in Chattanooga are getting zero. Nothing. Can't even get what they'd be entitled to under the Purple Heart designation. It would be interesting to see what what kind of recognition our government will give to the heroes on the train in France. It should be at least as good as the recognition given to them by the French. Well, we'll see what Obama does. Before we close out the final segment, we need to talk about this Iranian treaty. Again, it is a treaty. I'm sorry, but they can call it executive agreement. But the classic definition of a treaty is an agreement between two or more countries that is long-term. Well, this thing is supposed to be lasting 10 years, maybe 15 years. It's not clear how long it's supposed to last. I can tell you what is clear, that the Iranians already are violating the terms of the agreement, the terms of the treaty. They have actually got, we believe, the wherewithal to go ahead and build a nuclear weapon. Now they're buying from the Russians the ability to deliver that nuclear weapon in direct violation of the treaty they just agreed to. And we have members of Congress who are going to be traitors. They're going to commit an act of treason to the people of the United States because they're going to provide aid and comfort to the enemies of the United States. And they're going to do this by allowing the president to go forward with this treaty without making any effort to block it. So what have they done? Well, you know, look at the agreement here. Look at the Constitution. If you got a copy of my booklet, pull it out and look at it. Look at the Constitution. Look at the section of the Constitution that requires ratification by the Senate of Treaties. Look at the section of the Constitution that talks about the veto of legislation by the president. We've already discussed the requirement by the Constitution that this be ratified 
by two-thirds of the Senate. The Senate and the House have agreed, no, you don't have to do that, Mr. Obama. We will, we will let you do, do it your way. Uh, we won't hold your feet to the fire. We won't sue you. Uh, we will do away with our own constitutional obligations to represent our constituents and vote on treaties. We will allow you to submit this treaty as regular legislation to the Congress. However, we're going to allow you to submit it for a negative vote. In other words, if we don't vote on it within a certain time period, you can go ahead and implement it. If we don't vote yes on it, you can implement it. If we vote no on it, you can still implement it. All you got to do is veto our vote, and it will be require two-thirds of the, both houses of the Congress to override the veto. Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution says that the President of the United States can veto legislation passed by Congress. Passed by Congress. There is no provision in the Constitution for him to veto legislation not passed by Congress. Think about the implications. And this is what they're going to allow him to do. This will set up a total destruction of Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution and total destruction of the balance of powers. Because the President of the United States, whoever it may be, will now be in a position where they can send a law to the Congress for a vote. If the Congress votes for it, then it goes into law. If the Congress votes against it, it will still be put into law unless two-thirds of both houses can override a presidential veto. That turns the Constitution on its ear. That turns the Constitution balance of power upside down. Yet the leaders, the Republican leaders of both houses of Congress have agreed to this, and nobody is coming forward to challenge it. I said in my blog article about this, and again, that's at michaelconnelly.jigsy.com. I said in my blog article that we will assist in the challenge. We need a senator to come forward, or at least a member of the House, but preferably a senator, who has got the guts to come forward and say, look, you are taking away my constitutional obligation to represent my constituents by not allowing me to vote to ratify this treaty. I think even the left, some of the liberals on the Supreme Court would have a tough time agreeing that that's not the case. But even if they say it's not a treaty... They still have an even tougher time saying that the President of the United States can veto a negative vote. It's unprecedented. It's never been done before. Never even been proposed before. Yet we got nobody out there coming forward. Ladies and gentlemen, go to usjf.net and provide some help with us on our fundraising so that we can continue to fight on all this. We are the only organization out there, essentially, that's fighting for the, on the gun control issue for the veterans. We are the only organization out there that's coming up with real strong reasons to oppose the Iranian treaty. Go to USJF.net and donate to us. Go to Michael Connolly, C-O-N-N-E-L-O-Y dot Jigsy dot com. Read my blog. You can also look there at, at my bio find out who I am, what my experience is. You can order copies of my book that our Constitution, or you can look at the other books I've written, like the Mortimer about my dad's unit during World War II. that has become a big seller on Amazon, particularly this year since it's the 70th anniversary of the end of World War II. And uh, 
a lot of people that are interested in American history love this book. And I've also got a patriotic novel there called Amigaly, A Story of America, which is a big hit among patriots, but uh, it's driving the, the left crazy. Uh, they're launching all kinds of attacks on it, calling me a racist and a gun nut. And, yeah, well, I'm a gun nut, I admit to that. I'm not a racist by any stretch of the imagination. The racists are out there, but most of them are on the other side. Anyway, thank you for having me in today. I look forward to being with you again next week. Spread the word. Get your friends to listen to this show and uh, encourage their friends to listen to it. Thank you and have a good week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.